Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we are joined by current Durham West Junior Lightning player, who recently just won a gold medal for Team Canada and was second on the team in points in the tournament, Alex Law. Alex is committed to play college hockey with Boston University next season. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Alex, and how's everything going? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, everything's going really well. I'm still on a high just from the world, um, so... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you've obviously had quite the busy past month, uh, to say the least. And have you had the chance to sort of take it all in? And how have you processed just everything that has happened uh, with winning the gold medal, but then after it as well? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of celebration in my hometown, so I have been able to process it a bit. Um, but, yeah, it's just been crazy um, busy and uh, just getting back into hockey at home too. But, yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, how do you adjust going from playing with Team Canada to going back to your junior team? Because obviously it's a different level of, I guess, game. So I'm curious how that sort of adjustment works. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's my friends from the, my hometown, right? So uh, it's pretty easy just to get back into the swing of things with them. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, normal training. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. That's good. That's good. Well, where do you keep the gold medal? I'm curious about that as well. Uh, I just keep it in my room hung up. but. Uh, I, I should get it framed or something. Yeah, I feel like it would look good in the, with the mantle, with some of the other stuff you might have um, up there from your hockey career so far. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, I kind of want to start off this podcast talking about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way down to where you are today. Uh, so doing research on yourself, it says that you're from Markham, Ontario. So I'm curious what it was like growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, so I actually, I, it might be a typo, but I'm actually from Whippy, Ontario. But um, just uh, just growing up, I think I started playing hockey around four or five. And then um, I just kind of got into the swing of things just because my brother played. And I just kind of looked up to him. And, of course, like during the winter, I'd go on like the ponds when it was frozen and just like kick around there, just playing shinny and stuff like that. So that's basically like where I kind of found the joy in it. And then I just started playing some house league and then, uh, played for Whippy Wolves and then kind of got up in the ranks and then moved to Durham. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. You can thank, uh, Elite Prospects for that typo because it says it Markham. So you should ask them to change that. Oh, but, yeah. uh, getting back to your growing up, uh, who was your favorite player growing up? I assume it was someone from the Leafs, but it could have been someone from the women's national team. I'm curious who's someone that you idolized growing up and who's someone you try to model your game after. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm a huge Leafs fan, but uh, this one hurts just because he's not from the Leafs. But Alex Ovechkin, I always uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed watching him, and of course, like being really young, I liked his name. So um, yeah, I really idolized him, and I think he's a great player, and he can shoot the puck for sure. Oh yeah, that one timer is definitely deadly. Yeah. I'm curious, do you think you break uh, Wayne Gretzky's goal record? In your opinion, I know he's close to it, but. It's, he's going to have to maintain like a 50-goal season pace in order to do it or something like that. Yeah, so uh, I wish him all the best, but uh, I'd hope he would. But Wayne Gretzky's Canadian, so uh, I'd be fine if he, he he keeps it. I will say that Wayne still has the most points and assists in NHL history, so it wouldn't be too bad if he the goal record was broken by Ovechkin because he would still have all that other stuff. Yeah, that that is true, yeah. I personally want to see it just because I think it would be super cool to witness that, like, in person. Like, I hear all these stories about different historical hockey moments, but I don't really remember them too well or I wasn't alive for it. So it would be cool to see something like that happen because I feel like you will tell your kids about that one day and, like, how Alex Ovechkin broke that record when no one thought he could. 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's something for sure. That'd be pretty special. Now, before you're currently playing for the Durham Junior Lightning, I'm curious how'd you get the opportunity to join that team and uh, how that process works? Because I'm from the U.S., so I'm not sure like how junior hockey works in Ontario. Okay, yeah. So um, I originally was playing for North York, a team in Toronto, and uh, I played there up until Bantam. Um, and so my uh, coach from North York, he uh, he got the Durham Junior spot. So then he took us over, but I was actually originally playing midget before um, before junior for him. Um, and then I just kind of moved up as like the age groups uh, aligned with junior. So I've been playing there for uh, this is my second season of junior. Sorry. So it's been good. It's yeah. Been- and obviously it says that your league is called the OWHL. I know it was called the PWHL a few years ago, but they might have switched that name. Uh, talk about what it's like playing in that league, though, and just the competition you face um, every game. Yeah, so last year, for sure, it was different just because there's, like, separate conferences. And this year, like, we play every team. So it's been, like, a lot of travel, and uh, it's been really hard just because, like, you have to get up for every weekend against all these good teams. And um, as shown in, like, the the stats, like, it's it, it can go either way. Um, so, yeah, so I we just have to get up for every game, really. and. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it's fun, so. And obviously before this season, you had to deal with a lot of challenges due to the pandemic and with things being delayed or canceled. I'm curious how you've been handled, how you handled that challenge for the past two years and how it's helped you become a better hockey player and how it's helped your hockey development. Because one thing I've been curious about, especially with your class, is since you've had to miss so much time not playing hockey, how you sort of filled that time and used it to your advantage. Yeah, so I was pretty – um fortunate just with COVID just because I uh before COVID I was probably around like five two um and then just throughout COVID that like year and a half I uh I grew to like five seven five eight so that for sure helped me just with my strength and like just uh getting up in like the ratings and stuff so um that that helped me and then just having the time to train uh it was pretty special just because uh, we didn't really get a break, and then we got a break, a long one, so uh, it for sure helped my skills. Yeah, it's good to hear that you sort of used that to your advantage, because I know for a lot of players it was very hard not playing any games and hard to find the motivation to work out, especially during that time, because it's usually easy to go to the gym and sort of be with your teammates and have that motivation to work out, but it's hard to do that by yourself uh, doing at-home workouts. I'm curious what your thoughts were on that, doing at-home workouts versus going to the gym. Yeah, so I was fortunate just because I have an older brother. So um, he's he's big into fitness. So I just kind of trained with him, and he gave me some programs too. Um, so yeah, that for sure got me got me stronger on the ice. That's good to hear. Now, for college hockey fans that have never seen you play before, just describe your game to them, and uh, what do you hope to bring to BU um in the following years? Yeah, so I just say like um I'm a pretty fast skater. I'm pretty gritty just in the corners, and uh, I've if I were the defenders, I wouldn't want me to be driving to the net just because, like, I'll I'll try and uh, get it get it to the mesh. But yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, college, so I'm hoping to make an impact as soon as I get there. Now we'll talk about your college hockey commitment in a little bit, but I kind of want to dive in now to the U18 World Championships that you just competed in. Uh, but I want to start off with the one that you did uh, this past summer. I'm um, in Wisconsin. So first off, I want to ask you. Uh, how did you find out you made it onto Team Canada for the 2022 U18 World Championships, and what was your reaction to that news? 
Uh, yeah. So uh, it was it was it was pretty crazy. It was pretty surreal. Um, just because I wasn't invited to the original um tryout camp the summer before that. So um, I was just kind of a walk on, just someone like they saw during the season. Um, so it was pretty special just getting that call, just because I didn't expect anything. I was just really looking forward to um the year after. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. And then of course it got canceled, which um was a bummer, but uh, it uh, it gave us more time to train and just more time to process making it. And yeah, and then we had to try out again. So that was a really stressful time, just because we didn't want to get cut when we knew we made it last time. And then I ended up making it. So it, it was, it's, it's for sure a really special feeling. Yeah, the tournament, like you said, was originally canceled, then postponed to the summer. Um, how did you handle your emotions during that time period, especially since there was a lot of uncertainty regarding that tournament being played? Yeah, so uh, I think just because it got canceled, like I, of course, like it, I knew I made the team, but it was just, I really didn't like understand that I made it until I got to the, official tournament just because it was just it was just crazy like we just got a call and then it got canceled and then you had to try it again so yeah it was it was pretty fast but luckily you did get to play in that tournament um so talk about the first time putting on the canadian jersey and getting the chance to represent your country uh what was that kind of moment like for you because i know uh, for a lot of players that get to do that tournament it's like one of the moments they never forget yeah, I for sure will never forget that moment just because I didn't really think of if you told me like a year before that I was on the team and I even had a scholarship to Boston U, I probably wouldn't have believed it. So, uh, yeah, it was just something that I'll for sure uh, have one of as my core memories. So, What's more memorable, putting on the jersey for the first time or standing at the blue line listening to the national anthem for the first time? Both of them were really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them were something, yeah, it's something special. Now your team beat Team USA in that tournament uh, in Wisconsin to win the gold medal. Um, talk talk about what it was like winning that championship uh, for the first time and what it meant to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, just doing it with that group, it was it was really cool. And then just having like some teammates from Ontario and then some future teammates at Boston U, it was just something we can always bond on and talk about. And uh, yeah, we'll for sure uh, talk about it down the road. So yeah, it's special. Yeah, I want to ask you about one of your future teammates that you got to play with, and that was Brooke Disher, who was the captain of that team. Uh, what was it like being her teammate? Because she was a player that really stood out to me during that tournament, and I had the chance to interview her a few months ago, and she might be one of the nicest people I've ever met. So I'm curious what it was like being her teammate uh, for that tournament and how excited are you to play with her again in the future? Yeah, no, it was it was, it was was really nice just, like, getting to know her before I left. And, uh, yeah, she's really supportive, and she was a really good captain. So. I'm looking forward to having a good time with her uh, this coming September. Now, you improved a lot uh, from the tournament in 2022 to the one in 2023. I'm curious, what do you think was the biggest improvement you've made to your game, and what did you do during that time period to make the improvements that you did have in this year's tournament? Yeah, I think uh, just um, when I found out I made the team, like I was pretty overwhelmed, and uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself that I deserved to be there. So I think just like, Having that uh, gold medal under my belt and then being able to look forward to this past world, um, it just gave me a lot of confidence. And uh, just like with confidence, like I just trained harder and um, ended up getting stronger and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that moment in between. Um, and uh, mentally, like I just prepared for this tournament way better than last one. So, yeah, it was it was good. 
Yeah, talk about how you work on your mental game, because I feel like a lot of players talk about how they work on their physical part of their game. But I'm curious about the mental part, because I feel like it's starting to become more um, big, big part of the game and more players are starting to talk about it. And I'm curious, confidence is something that is so hard to gain, but it's easy to lose. So I'm curious how you work on building your confidence throughout the season and obviously preparing for the tournament. And what are some mental skills that you work on to help your confidence grow? Yeah, I think uh, just mentally, like I just by staying consistent in my training, like it gave me, um, it, it gave me confidence just because like I knew like if I do this in a game, if I can do this in my league, then like it gives me a better shot to do it at world. So uh, just having that confidence that I can like do stuff like that. Um, and I'm not just doing it randomly. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it just, it just comes down to being consistent. Now, to describe the process of how you make the Canadian roster for the U18 World Championships, obviously you said uh, the one in 2022 is sort of odd with all the COVID stuff happening. But for this past one, uh, what's the process like uh, for making the roster? How are the tryouts set up? And just talk, describe that process. Yeah, so we uh, we got a we got a call. Sorry, we got an email um, right before uh, summer that we uh, were selected for the development uh, U18 camp, and so then we took off to Calgary. Um, just for all of August. And I think it was like 15 days. It was the tryouts. And it was just, it was a pretty hard uh, 15 days just because we were up like pretty early. And then we had sometimes two days. So yeah, they mentally, they got us there, but uh, we stuck with it. And then at the end of the 15 days, they, um, they announced the team and luckily I was on it. So we stayed in Calgary for a couple extra, I think an extra week. And we had a little rivalry series against the USA and so then that just kind of, like, gave them a good uh, view on, like, who deserves to still wear the jersey. And then just throughout the season, they kept an eye on us. And then um, we still had meetings, like, throughout it with, like, all the girls from the tryout camp. And then we found out early December just by a call if we made it. And luckily, uh, everything worked out. And so, yeah, and then we just kept on Zoom and stuff like that and then uh, came to the tournament. That's pretty awesome. Where were you when you got the phone call? Uh, I was, uh, I was in my basement. I was waiting and then I finally got it from, uh, Coach Courtney and, uh, yeah, it was pretty sick. I just kind of said, let's go win another gold, but. Yeah. <laughs> How do they find you guys for that big selection tournament? Is it like scouts going to your games and they just do it that way? I'm curious how that works. Yeah. So I think they just, uh, kind of look at our league play and especially like the championship weekends and stuff like that. Um, I was fortunate just because, um, I'm on a, pretty high level team that made it to the championship finals. So that gave me like a lot of opportunities to showcase. Now let's talk about this past year's tournament. Obviously you made the roster again, and this time you were an assistant captain. Um, how'd you find out you got the A in your Jersey and what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team? Were you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Yeah. So I was, a uh, I was just fortunate just to represent Canada and then getting that honor of a, being a leader for the team, um, it was pretty special feeling. So I just say like my leadership style is just, uh, for example, on the bench, just hyping up the girls and like getting them ready in the change room. Just for example, in the semifinal game, I was really getting them going, um, when we were down just cause that's like lots of adversity we had to face just cause it, we didn't face that earlier. So, um, yeah, just like moments like that, I just try and uh, bring like a positive outlook on the stuff. Yeah, and what was it like playing in Sweden as well? Because it's a country I've never been to. Obviously, they were planning to host a tournament for a long time, but it got pushed back. But uh, talk about what it was like playing in that country, and uh, did you get to do any cool stuff when you were um, over in Sweden? Yeah, we actually we had a good time just, like, off the ice for sure. We uh, visited 
Stockholm, Sweden, which is one of the famous uh, cities. And then we, um, of course, did lots of bus trips and just saw, like, the views of the mountains and stuff like that. And uh, just the Ostersen town we were in for the actual worlds. It was a pretty cool, like, looking town. It was pretty small. So there's tons of, like, good, like, cafes and shops. And then, of course, like, after uh, after meetings were done, um, most of the days we went up to the little spa and, like, had, like, hot tubs on the roofs and just stuff like that. It's for sure memorable. And, yeah, we had a good time doing that stuff. Now, you're talking about adversity that your team faced during that tournament, but you faced some adversity during the tournament as well as you were suspended for the game against Team USA during the group stage. I'm curious how you handled that challenge because I didn't understand why you got suspended. I don't remember seeing anything, but so you can just talk a little bit about that. But also, like, how did you handle not playing in that big game and preparing for the knockout rounds after that? Yeah, it was a, it was pretty difficult just because I had some friends in the U.S. that I was looking forward to beating. So, um, uh, yeah, so that was that was difficult um, sitting up there, but just knowing that I could come back uh, for this semifinal of the knockout rounds like that's something that like I just kind of said like I'll just come back even harder so um yeah I, I for sure got an extra couple rest days which is nice but sucked at the same time but uh yeah it, it it was a bummer just like waking up that morning and finding out that I was suspended from the Sweden game so uh yeah it worked out though uh so I, I won't take anything back now but I, I'll take back the hit I did yeah, well, I don't remember seeing anything. Like when they when I this when they announced it, I was like, I don't, I literally don't remember. I said they said it was like a slew foot, but uh, maybe they're. I don't know. I'm just curious, like how you found out how how you found out you were suspended. Like how does that work? Yeah, so uh, it was eight seconds. The, the actual like clip was eight seconds into the uh, first period of the Sweden game, and um, I during like I didn't get a penalty during the game at all, and I just kind of went to bed thinking like, oh, we won, let's go, U.S. Uh, next next day and then uh, I wake up and um one of the Canada uh, coaches just kind of told me that I have to go on like a little zoom panel with the IHF and just kind of explain like why I didn't do it and so I did and then I found out later that night that uh I was suspended but yeah so it was a rough day but I don't know I feel like they should let you guys be a little more physical I don't understand that like I feel like they're a bit soft with that sometimes in my opinion yeah, for sure. I'd uh, I'd love to keep the game physical, and I'm for sure a physical player, so I'd I'd love to stay out of the box. Yeah, I just feel like it's all about interpretations because some people are very like strict about it, and then some people aren't, and then I feel like that determines a lot of the outcome sometimes. Because say a ref is really strict about um, body checking or not, uh, if they're strict about it, then a team that might be very good in the power play but isn't as good on five on five could sort of take advantage of that. So that's sort of why I believe. They should sort of try to make it more physical. I don't know how you do that. I think it's obviously a long process, but it's something that I would personally like to see. Yeah, we for sure had a practice PK. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now, getting back to the uh, tournament, I wanted to ask you about the Team USA versus Team Canada rivalry because from an American perspective, it's always a game that you circle on the counter. We look forward to playing you guys um, because we want to prove something. I'm curious what it's like from a Canadian perspective, if it's the same thing or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I have friends on that team, and, like, the days before that, when I saw them in the hotel, like, we'd we'd talk and we'd sit for a bit and be like, yeah, let's play cards later maybe. But the day of, we, <laughs> we, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty serious. We can't talk unless it's after. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're pretty respectful just, um, when they win, they uh, they won't rub it in our faces. Um, just like some of my friends, at least, 
don't. And then when we won, of course, like I didn't go up to them or anything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty big game. We all get hyped for it. And yeah, we're always coming for them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's definitely something, it's definitely a rivalry, one of my favorite rivalries in all sports. But unfortunately, at least from my perspective, Canada's been sort of had our number in the past few years, last two U18s, World Juniors, um, and the Olympic gold medal for the women's side as well. So hopefully Team USA can, you know, do a little bit better in the future. Yeah, Canada's always going to be coming. <laughs> I know, I know. So, uh, but getting back to the tournament, like I said, uh, you won another gold medal, uh, this time beating Sweden 10 to nothing. Uh, what emotions were you feeling after that win? And what did this gold medal mean to you versus the other one you won last summer? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was complete difference situations just because last time it was against the U.S., so it was a pretty tense environment, and then this time it was still against, like, the home uh, the home arena, so um, Sweden's uh, fans were pretty crazy, but um, just, like, coming out and, like, getting those two quick goals, like, it really changed the m- momentum for sure, but uh, just, like, the meat, the feeling of it, um, I felt like this time I had, like, a little bit bigger role on the team um, just on the offensive side. So uh, that that for sure was different for me. And then last time I had a, a different role for sure. So just like those two uh, times, like it it means like so much different to me, but it's still gold at the end of the day. So uh, I had a good time at both. Yeah, I, I can argue both those roles were important because I think people sometimes don't realize how much a third or fourth liner is needed for a championship team because you do all those little things that help the team succeed. And then obviously being one of the top goal scorers in the team is obviously very important. So that's kind of cool that you got to experience both those roles because in college hockey, you're going to be put into different roles all the time during your freshman year at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's for sure preparing me well for college. And I, I wouldn't take back any of the roles I've been in. So, yeah, it was good. And I also just realized this, you beat the whole city in the gold medal game the last two times. Is it kind of fun being sort of the villain in that scenario? Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. I, I always enjoy that, but, uh, yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now let's transition about your college hockey uh, commitment. I do want to ask you about that. So obviously you're committed to Boston University. Um, so talk about your recruitment process to that school and what made you want to go there versus other ones you might have looked at. Yeah, so um, I uh, always had, like, a pretty soft spot for Boston, the city, and I really enjoyed, like, just, like, the visits I took down there. And then um, I also liked the business program, which I'm I'm interested in studying business, so uh, that was, like, a bonus for me, too. And then I also had the opportunity just to be in contact with the lacrosse coach, so I actually will be, like, playing with – I'm committed for lacrosse after season there. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, yeah, so it, it's just kind of like the best of both worlds there. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, what's it going to be like being a dual-sport athlete in college? That's something that you don't really see too often, so that's pretty cool. Like, do you have to sort of talk to the hockey coach about your cross stuff? Is that like – or is it sort of all separate? Uh, Well, uh, I think I, I, I'd i say it's separate, but at the same time they both, like, are aware of, like, the situation. So um, I for sure will be uh playing hockey, and then as soon as hockey season ends, um, I'm hoping to step on the field afterwards. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. There's, are they, uh, obviously, they're different sports, but I feel like there's you can take different things from each sport and help your game in the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, just by, like, the stick handling and stuff like that, it, it translates well. Now, have you been watching any BU hockey this year? I know you've been super busy, so I don't know if you had the chance to do that, but um, what's it been like uh, watching them if you had the chance to do that? And have you had the chance to meet any of your future teammates um, for next year? 
Yeah, so I've actually had the opportunity just um, through Durham West to with traveling. I've met uh, some girls from Minnesota, and then um, just through, like, the Canada program, I've met girls from Canada. So it's been good just because, like, we're on, like, little group chats and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're getting excited, and I'm also on group chats with the, like, the lacrosse girls. So they're more local, um, just in Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, so it, it'll be good, but, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Do you get to talk to any of the current players on the team right now, like the ones that would be like your sophomores, juniors, and seniors, or do you only get the chance to talk to your like upcoming freshman class? Yeah. So I have, I ha I still am in contact with lots of the gr- the older girls just because they're helping me out, um, just with getting ready for courses and just stuff like that. Um, so uh, they've been a big help in that department for sure. And I'm hoping to go down soon to see them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, just one more BU question, but for all the BU fans that are listening to the podcast, uh, what message do you have for them, and how excited are you to be a Terrier uh, in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Terrier town, and, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to have an impact as soon as I get there. So ex- expect some stuff from me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see that as well. So, uh, But now we're in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Uh, first one is what music are do you like to listen to before each game or just on a general basis? Yeah, shoot, uh, I just say like I'm beginning to rap, hip hop, stuff like that. I'm country girl uh, when it comes to summer, but not year round for sure. Oh, I'm a year round country guy. I would say that, but I definitely like um, hip hop as well. Now, getting back uh, to another question is what is the most embarrassing hockey moment that you've ever had? Shoot, um. This is probably years ago, to be honest. Uh, I think I was, it's probably house league. I was in a, I was in goalie, uh, just because we used to rotate, um, every game and I was drinking out of my bottle of water and someone was on a breakaway and they kind of, they kind of shot the puck and I caught it with, um, one of my, my other hand that wasn't holding the water. So I just say that was probably the craziest moment for, um, me in hockey just because it was kind of bizarre that that happened and I was still drinking the water. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't say that's embarrassing, though, in my opinion. Yeah, probably probably an embarrassing moment, just me being in the penalty box for half the game. But Yeah, it's all, it's all good. It happens sometimes. So as long as the coach is, like, not too upset over it, that's all that counts. <laughs> now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Oh, wow. That is a – that's a difficult one. Probably just um my exam getting canceled. That's probably the – most interesting thing I've read. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, doing music class today, probably just like learning about the different instruments of an orchestra and like all the, like that. I thought that was pretty cool. I never really knew some of that stuff, like how woodwinds are in the front and like strings and all that stuff. I just thought it was pretty cool. Oh, okay, yeah. Now let's ask some questions about some of your teammates. Uh, first one is who's the funniest on the team for Durham West? For Durham West, wow. Um... I probably have to go with uh Piper Grober. She's a she's a pretty funny girl. Um doesn't mean to be funny all the time, but for sure is. So she's a, she's actually on the U18 team too. Who has the best style on the team besides yourself? I don't know if you guys do pre-game outfits before each game, but if you do, who do you think has the best style on the team? Best style I'd probably say um Riley Horlock. She uh she's one of my uh, best friends, so she always helps me out off the ice too with stuff, so I'd go to her for a style tip. Now, last non-hockey question is, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why? 
I think uh, I think it's gonna go back to hockey. Probably Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Probably want to go to, like McDonald's with him or something. I saw a video where he had like sushi with a fan one time, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, there you go. That's something I'd probably want to do. I guess for myself, probably just like Connor McDavid. If we're gonna stick to hockey, like I think he, I think he seems like a quiet but interesting guy. So that'll, it'll be interesting to talk to him and see like how he's handled so much success in such a short period of time. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now, uh, for all the younger fans that are listening to this episode, what advice would you give them on what it takes to make it to the Division One level where you are today? Yeah, I mean, um, something I always did, like, growing up, I always had, like, short-term goals and then long-term goals. So short-term just in meaning, like, two months or a month, just, like, trying to attain those first. And then just, like, that kind of helps you out with, like, the long-term goal. And uh, that's just something, like, I focused on during COVID, just with um, me building my strength and me getting taller helped me uh, build my strength. So I just looked at the goals in the gym, and then it just kind of aligned with, like, the long-term goal, which was getting a Division One scholarship. So it worked out. Yeah. Now, obviously, women's hockey is a growing sport. I think you've seen it with the U18, how they've transitioned to broadcasting it on TSN. So I'm curious, in your eyes, what do you think has to be done to help grow the sport of women's hockey? Yeah, I think uh, just with um, the people who are uh, returning to U18 and just people who are graduating, just for them to like keep a keep keep like a pretty uh, social uh, media presence, just with advertising stuff like that, and just getting other people um, to advertise it, just because like lots of young girls look up to us. So I think just keeping in the mix with everything is a uh, pretty be- benef- beneficial. Sorry. So I'll just uh, of course for next year I'll be posting stuff and cheering on Canada, of course. Awesome, awesome. Well, obviously, we ha- had you on from the U18 team. I think you're the first uh, U18 player that we've had on from Canada, at least. So any future guests that we should have on the podcast, who should we reach out to? Shoot, um, that's a hard one. I- I'd-, I'd recommend all of them, uh, but I'd probably say uh, some of my uh, – I'll-, I'll give you guys some of my rivals just with Durham West, though. Probably someone from, like, Etobicoke, maybe, like, Hannah Clark, Mac Alexander, uh, Emma Venusio, those three are, those three are a treat. So, uh, you can, you can get good stuff out of them for sure. They're pretty funny. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely reach out. But, uh, do you have any shout outs or things you want to say before the interview comes to a close? Um, uh, you can shout out your family members, uh, friends, teammates, former teammates, future teammates, uh, or just say whatever you want. The, the floor is all yours. Yeah. I'd say, uh, of course I'll shout out my family and friends. I appreciate all the help and, uh, I'd uh, probably just uh, shout out BU because I'm ready. I'm coming. So, uh, yeah, and go Canada and go Terriers. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right. I'll just end off with go USA so we can keep it all fair for the U- American listeners of this podcast. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Alex. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. And I wish you nothing but the best for your future. I know you're going to accomplish more big things. And uh, congratulations on the accomplishments that you've had so far. Uh, winning those two gold medals, and then obviously with the successful tournament that you had uh, goal-scoring-wise as well. It's really awesome to see um, just what you're doing, and I, c- I wish you nothing but success. I know you're going to continue to do great things. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool you I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Close up, close up I'm a 
get closer to you, yeah Got me, baby, got me hooked on you once again